Welcome to episode 35 of Control-Alt-Revolt, the podcast. Single White Medusa's looking at me like she doesn't think it's episode 35. I don't know, 50-50, but I kind of feel like we did that number already, but I could be wrong. Bazinga, I already checked. Okay, good. (laughs) All right, I stand corrected. And it's Medusa Monday, so I'll be stepping away from the mic for the rest of the day. Single White Medusa, go. (laughs) Uh... I request the help of you on this Medusa Monday. (laughs) Appeal to me. Appeal! I beg of you. Please help me. (laughs) Um, We were going to, I think we were going to start off talking about our weekend, obviously, since it was a big weekend. We'll start off about what we're doing right now, which is we're having a nice cafe au lait down by the beach. The gentle, dulcet breezes, one might say. Of the uh, coast, July 5th, in all its hangover of July 4th. Yeah. <clears throat> Little bamboo uh, waving in the wind, nice breeze hushing through it. I do love this communist bastion of Orwellian uh, overstate. I wish it weren't so, but there are things like the bamboo and the sound of the wind, the coastal wind through it, that, that sort of keep me tuning in. I like that. I know. Well, and kind of keep us sticking around to try to fight for it, you know, to try to, yeah. I don't know, fight them from kicking kicking us out, basically. With our little gorilla army of two. <laughs> I don't know, we met one other person recently that actually said, I don't, like, I don't want to let them win, and I want to yeah. kind of fight for it, so I was like, oh, so, yay. Hold on to your hats, folks. Three. The gorilla army of Southern California <laughs> might be growing to three members. <laughs> Ooh. Basically, we can then we can then fundraise on a fifty percent membership increase. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but we do see our actions. Like Susie Cakes is now allowing people in without masks. You just have to lie about your vaccination status at Checkpoint Charlie to get your cupcake. But uh, I'm willing to lie for cupcakes. Uh, I'm willing to I'm willing to kill people for cupcakes. Let's put it that way. Well, I still say you might not have to lie because. They would just, I mean, hopefully they would just say, do you have the vaccine? And I would say, yes, because I, I have a few. I have some vaccines. The vaccine. <laughs> but they'll probably be specific. I don't know. Would you still give them your business? Not after the last incident, because I think I'm going to get a spit cupcake. Right. So I would probably go to another Susie Cakes. Yeah. 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 I think that's fair. I don't want a spit cupcake. Then again, the cupcakes are already made. It'd be a little difficult for them to do that, actually. They could drag a tongue across it. <laughs> Maybe. Sometimes they just get it right out, and you can see the whole process. They could give a booger finger in there. Ew. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never mind. I don't know. I, I still think they might not be able to get away with anything. I think they wear gloves, don't they? I think that they hate my guts and Susie Cakes. Yeah. I think that they are one of my many enemies. I picked up some China bots this week on my Facebook when, and I usually post a lot of inflammatory stuff, but I just posted this one thing about we only came on Facebook to, you know, post cat pictures and see who got fat from high, sp- high school, not end up in, in gulags. And for some reason, the China bot, like weird China bots came out after me and and they had this tactic of like associating me with like groups, like pre-made groups you know, like, right. yeah, Nicole is a something or other. Yeah, what was Nicole it? is a real bastard and yeah. stuff like that. Like, but, you know, like, it's all clever, you know, tagging and everything like that. But it was interesting that three showed up at once basically doing the same thing. So I didn't know, I didn't realize you had decided 
you had realized they were China bots. I mean, I think a lot of people will tell you, like, probably two-thirds of your interactions with strangers, at least on Twitter or stuff like that, is probably a China bot. Wow, that's crazy. You know, most of, like, when Keith Olbermann, you look at it, he's like, I have $300,000, 300, 300, $300, I got all excited <laughs> about Keith Olbermann because I was dunking on him, and so... It'd be like if you were going to run by a fat kid and slap his belly. You know? Exactly. But um, when they have like 300,000 followers, those aren't real followers. Wow. In fact, they probably don't even have many followers. Interesting. And then you look at someone like Keith Olbermann and you look at the dunks in his feed and you find out like of the real people that are following him, probably 90% are there to dunk on him. Yeah. But in our society, and I remember when I was at HarperCollins, um, my agent tried to sell them like he's doing really good because he has a large Twitter following. And one, I don't have a large Twitter following compared to other people and I don't pay for followers. But it was easy to see how the sort of traditional publishing establishment elite were misled by phony Twitter followers and thinking that that meant something. And that even still goes on. <clears throat> I'm talking on my courts. I got to get down here. I got to get down into deep country. Um, it's weird in Hollywood, they still, um, kind of go off likes and the magic number of 600,000 likes indicates something that should be sort of greenlit into a property. And that's like, that's bypassing like anything of value or interesting and good. And that's why you're going to get, oh, we're remaking GI Joe again. Oh, we're remaking Red Dawn again. Oh, we're remaking this again. You know, everything is a remake. Because no one's got any good ideas. Having said that, we did engage in a little public entertainment this weekend. After getting some tacos at our favorite taco joint. Yeah. And chips and salsa, which were Which is your dark master. Yeah. (laughs) You would do anything for chips and salsa. They're pretty good. And I convinced myself that it's pretty healthy because you're getting, like, all those tomatoes, you know. That's no. that's good for what you. What is it about like, chips and salsa that makes you happy? It's actually the salsa, but yeah, the salsa makes you happy. The good tortilla chips are a pretty good vehicle. Yeah, for the and salsa. Los Colandrinos has a good chip delivery system. Yeah, <laughs> they do. They don't um, have like like if you ever like you go over to someone's like I'm having a Super Bowl party, and you're like okay chips and salsa. They're you betcha chips and salsa, and you go over there and they've got like Tostitos and paste picante sauce. That's when you're like, hey, you have a shovel? Because I'm going to hit you over the head with it and bury you in your own backyard. <laughs> no, these are really, really good. Yeah. Um, like restaurant quality, although it's kind of a takeout kind of place. But yeah, yeah, so good. And then we went right across the street and saw a really fun documentary. We did. On July a, 4th. Yeah. About a musical group that you knew of, I didn't even know of. Like, right. I had never even heard of them. <clears throat> Sparks, but I think the documentary Sparks, was they called had some Sparks hits back Brothers. in the day, but... I found them to be eclectic, strange, interesting men. Mm-hmm. Um, no agenda, no identity politics, just their their very long haul through the music industry and their work ethic and their sort of life story. And I found it to be incredibly interesting, watchable, and uplifting and showing me some things I didn't actually know about them or assumptions I'd made because they were sort of, in my opinion, I went into it with like a... These guys are a one-hit wonder band, but that was actually the opposite. They were a how many, like, 350-hit wonder or something? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, they had a lot of songs. I guess they And everybody hits, in the music but... industry loves them. Yeah. You know, like, and they seem to be really nice guys. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a great... Now, why that's going to be interesting, if you can get, catch that do- documentary, is they, they also wrote a mu- musical 
um, that's going to be coming out on August 6th starring Adam Driver. I think it's called Annabelle. Looks really interesting, kind of, you know, maybe sort of like surreal and things like that. So that I think that's going to be on theaters in theaters on August 6th. So if you kind of want a little pre-story, you remember some of the cool Sparks tunes like uh, Cool Places to Go, um, I've Got Angst in My Pants. They were very, like, a lot of funny wordplay in mm-hmm. their things. And their their album covers were funny, too. And the names of their albums were funny. They're just, they're very, you can tell they're very intelligent. And they were witty but nice. They weren't witty and jerks. Yeah. You know, exactly. which is sometimes a thing. But yeah. I definitely highly recommend that. And then we listened to an interesting podcast on ivermectin, like you do on 4th of July weekend. <laughs> exactly. That one was Tim Pool's show, and he had on uh, Chris Martinson of Peak Prosperity. And, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, but we have listened to quite a few doctors and kind of experts talk about ivermectin. So this was not like a one. This isn't like the only time we've heard about it, but it is so... The more you hear about it, the more you're like, wow. So what like what was like, what was your first introduction to ivermectin? Probably some of the Mercola articles and videos. Um, and for people who don't know right now, like why is ivermectin an issue, and what is the issue? Well, I mean, the issue is along with things even like vitamin D, it's one of the things that is being suppressed that they don't want you to even talk about that helps either not get COVID or like not get it as bad or reduce the symptoms or whatever. Like that would be vitamin D. Like, I don't think it's like you take that if you have COVID and it's going to make you all better. Ivermectin though, that is the case. Vitamin D is just more, I know, like, I think it was like, you're really, really unlikely to get to the really bad stage of like intensive care. If your vitamin D levels are good. It was like almost everyone that got really, really bad their vitamin D levels happen to be low. Anyway, that's that with that. But ivermectin is like, the studies are crazy. Um, almost 100%. Like, if it's given, especially early, obviously, um, like, you don't, you're, like, people don't die of COVID. I mean, there was, I know there was, like, one study where, um, I think a hospital, pretty sure I have this right, gave it to half their workers and not the other half of their workers or something like that and basically a a normal amount of the workers that didn't wasn't weren't given it um got covid probably like a normal percentage whatever that would be but a fair amount of them got covid um zero people that were given ivermectin prophylactically got covid and that was out of like i think each split up was about 200 250 or so I don't know like I don't have the numbers exactly right but in that range of people zero out of zero got COVID whereas you know so I don't know there's there are a lot of studies it's pretty incredible it's really cheap there are basically no risks of taking it it's an anti-parasitic that's been around for a long time 10 times the fatal dose what would or or what they would have considered the maximum dose and it still was not fatal yeah, so they and don't even know what a fatal There's only one is. time you get side effects, and we actually talked to a guy in real time, R-L-I-R-L, in mm-hmm. real life, um, a friend of ours who uh, got long-haul COVID and has pr- had a pretty tough time of it. So he went to the doctor, and the doctor you know, was saying, there's nothing I can really do. You just got to get through this. 
you know, let's take some more. Let's let's take the shot because he hadn't had the shot yet. And then I'm not kidding. The shot made him look like I mean, he looked like I thought like I was he looked gray. Like, I thought that's that's it for you, buddy. You know, mm-hmm. but what can you say to people? So now it was two weeks later since that conversation. And he looked like he was good. And he said, I'm, I'm having good days and bad days. And I said, you know, I've heard some stuff about this ivermectin. He says, I, I got on it. I asked my doctor. And my doctor said, oh, no, the FDA and the CDC say you shouldn't take that. And the guy said to his doctor, he says, like, listen, you're not giving me anything. I've heard that ivermectin can't hurt. Um, so why don't we just take a shot on it and see, cause I'm, I'm, I'm spiraling the drain and the doctor said, okay, well, let's take a blood test and let me do a little research. And then he came back after about two days and he authorized him a week of Iver, ivermectin. And all I can say is the guy now looks a little better. Yeah. Um, I would, I would tell him to, to stay on it, but it was interesting from the doctor's opinion, which is the controversy with ivermectin and Facebook and all of these sort of people that ha- are in collusion to ban people from taking something that is an alternative to the vaccine. Now, the second podcast that we listened to this weekend is was more about the vaccine, and, and we'll talk about that in a second, but going to the ivermectin, it's amazing the amount of controversy over something that was discovered 40 years ago, won the Nobel Peace Prize, the discoverer, who, a Japanese man, who discovered it, won the Nobel Peace Prize, shows no side effects, is cheap, is handed out like candy all throughout Southeast Asia and Africa because it deals with so many uh, parasites and malaria and antifungal things and things like that. It really is like hailed as a miracle drug. And the amount of people that this could have helped... Mm-hmm during this pandemic and it was throttled by facebook it was throttled by the fda it was throttled by fauci it was throttled by cdc doctors were told that they can't even look at it so you know if you don't know a lot of modern doctors don't actually know anything they just go look stuff up that's kind of where medical school has gone and that's why you don't have like a lot of highly intelligent people getting into medicine anymore so I mean, that's a generalized statement. I'm not sure, but I, I have noticed a drop in what I would have considered old school doctors compared to kind of now doctors. So, you know, there's there's the proof. I think, you know, uh, Chris Martinson on Tim Pool was advocating uh, it for prophylactic use, meaning should just be part of your daily regimen through this this COVID, you know, thing. I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not a big fan of taking anything unless you need it. Apparently, the ivermectin, if you get it in the first 48 hours, is really going to shut it down. His, uh, you know, he's a he's a pathologist and a toxicologist, and he was saying he's basically been advising people to take it. And by the second day, they call him up and they're like, oh, false alarm. I don't think I had COVID. That's how powerful the ivermectin is. It just knocks it down. Yet we're still playing these sort of FDA, CDC vaccination games, even when the Department of Defense is coming out and saying um, there is too much inflammation in the heart. Um, and Biden's saying, yeah, but we want everybody in the service vaccinated by September 1st. So it's insane. And it leads to, I don't think the vaccine is about the vaccine. And I know I've beat that horse almost as often as I've beaten the Tiffany Dover horse. Where is Tiffany Dover? All she's got to do is make a video, but she doesn't make a video. You know why? 
Because Tiffany Dover died taking that vaccine. And until somebody tells me different, that's probably what happened. And if the vaccine was so great and so wonderful and so helpful, contrary to what they're finding out in Israel right now, which is uh, they gave a, a case example. Uh, a guy went to a party and infected 83 people vaccinated. He was vaccinated, infected 83 people at a party with COVID. He had gotten COVID from another vaccinated person who had gotten COVID from another vaccinated person. They are estimating the Pfizer-Moderna vaccine at about a 46% effectiveness, meaning the vaccine it doesn't do anything. It's not effective. And and I don't know why people think it is effective, because it's not even designed to be if even the people who made it will tell you. And I have listened to the actual doctor who invented mRNA technology. He's like, what people are not understanding is this vaccine is not a vaccine. It's not a little bit of the thing that harmed you. And now you're going to become immune with antibodies as your body begins to produce antibodies. Instead, it just makes spike proteins that attempt to make you feel better while you go through this, but it doesn't make you not infectious. And so I think that they knew that. And I don't think it's a mistake. I mean, that was known from the beginning. So now we're hearing all the chatter and Europe is talking about everybody into mass by December 19th or uh, July 19th. Um, they're, I thought it's that they get to get out of everything by July 19th. Did that switch? They're baiting and switching. They're mm. saying that you're going to have to be in masks. Okay. They're holding. They're, I think the lockdowns are coming again this fall. They're really pumping this variant. So they knew that the vaccine didn't work. They just knew that it is supposed to, quote unquote, help people. Unless you pay attention to the VAERS data, it seems to be killing people and harming people. But it's it's more a matter of... Um, I think that they they want they they want more caseload because that justifies the next power grab and the next booster shot and these kind of things. I know that seems Orwellian. That seems like you know, but again, a lot of these things are leading in that direction, and they're not they they're they're almost presented as co- coincidences, or your mind reconciles it as a coincidence. But if all the coincidences keep leading towards a conclusion, which is um, we're going to have to surrender more and more of our health freedoms and and just basic freedoms to the government and allow them to determine whether we're free, whether we get to open our businesses, uh, whether we get to hug our grandparents before they die. The government makes the decision on how you care for yourself, what you put in your body, all these kinds of things. And then you balance that with the first part of this conversation about the ivermectin that would have immediately shut it down. Mm-hmm. No wonder the government doesn't want you to take ivermectin because you're going back into lockdown this winter. That moves us to the second podcast. Yeah, but just one more thing really quick on that. And we might have mentioned it before, but the reason that they're suppressing, you know, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, you know, any talk about any of these things is because they um, they need that emergency use authorization for the vaccine. If there's a something... A therapeutic that can be used for the disease or sickness or whatever they can't have that emergency use authorization yeah. so they need it to continue to be oh there's nothing we can do for covid that's why you need the vaccine so that's why they're suppressing something that works so well like because you're like why would they do that yeah and you're still kind of like why would they do that because that's evil but it is evil yeah and we'll get to the really evil stuff here in a few minutes so but the second podcast was over again at the dr miracle site and it was with a doctor out of Florida, and basically they were 
you know, the, the, not to get too deep in the weeds on that that podcast, but it was interesting what they're saying. But it is kind of looking like there's going to be a lot of fatalities from the vaccine. I hope they're wrong. They hope they're wrong. But they're, est- I mean, like the stuff that they were talking about almost verged on the crazy. Now, now not like they're crazy or anything like that, but if their hypotheses about what the vaccine does based on what they're observing now and then some other things that are going to come into play um you're looking at you're looking at a high incidence of death what would you say uh, what what were their numbers you mean no no or just, just about. To agree. yeah no for sure um i well i i kind of wanted to give a little bit of hope right at the beginning because Again, I don't know. I I just always feel bad, like if anyone. Because you need help. No, well. Because one of your family members has the vaccine, true. and that's you're worried true. about that. Yeah, um, and he did kind of. They did talk about this toward the end, and they talked about something that I had wondered. Speaking of ivermectin again, and I had been wondering. I wonder if anyone has kind of tested it out yet of someone who's been vaccinated already, and then they get COVID, um, if they've tried giving them ivermectin, and if that helps. And it sounds like. Obviously, I don't think that's been done a ton yet because this is all fairly new. Uh, but yes, they did. They did feel that that would work and be good. And the little bit that it's been done, I think like it has worked. So anyway, you got hope <laughs> if that's you. But um, the doctor that was interviewed is Dr. Vladimir Zelenko. Mm-hmm. And he was awesome. He was like this really smart Jewish doctor in Florida, although I think he had recently been of New York, but I think he just as a because New York's so awesome, because apparently New York is so bad now. Like the neighbors are begging the police to do their job, and the police are like, No, you wanted us to fund, and so apparently these all night street and crime raves are going on. And like, and then I saw this one video of like, you, you get you walk out your door, and like Nicole and I just finished probably about a 12 hour through the night deep dive into some shenanigans with the FBI and after we tell you what that's about you'll be like why the hell did he use the word shenanigans that's absolutely dark that's true um but we were like you know well that's about the worst thing you know like and then we see this video of this homeless dude taking a poop in some guy's um you know mop bucket as you know in in and I think I think I know that that like a, it was like in a subway terminal Yeah but or... I think I know that terminal I'm I recognize sure. that terminal Yeah it reminded me That was a 6th street of... terminal well, it reminded me of the big main one down there. What is that? Like, not... Not Grand Central. Oh, okay. I thought it was Grand Central. No, this okay. was... This was... No, this was another one. Okay. This was the one where I smelled the smell that was so bad that I smelled it for years to come. Maybe it was the same guy. <laughs> I think it was. But that was like... I was like, okay, that's, you know, what we just listened to. That's as dark as it can get. And then you see this and you're like, well... I mean, I think dark in a dark in a different way, but like just just the animalization of human beings. Like, I mean, honestly, every and everybody's knowing this. It's coming apart at the seams. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's the the CRT stuff, the teachers union voting all 50 states, you know, like uh, the Biden administration absolutely being leaderless. Uh, All of these things are like it's not a good situation things are not good so that so we so anyways these two doctors you know the crux of it was they feel the vaccine's ultimately going to do more harm than good and they're conservatively estimating a casualty count five times that above 
World War II. So if I got my figures right, if I remembered my, my deaths and wars figure, I think the total sum value for death in World War II is like 20 million. So I think if you times that by five, you come up with 100 million dead. That's basically what they're saying. Are they saying that in the United States they weren't clear or worldwide? I think if you start getting that many sort of bad interactions, and they're saying like basically the numbers are already underreported on VAERS. VAERS is a bad system. Um, That's from a Harvard study that, that was, was before COVID. Study. Just yeah. in general, like about the VAERS yeah how many cases are probably reported that was an actual harvard study that said the harvard study believed it was only one to ten percent are reported and of course that you know because it was harvard which is a disreputable institution and because it was a study by medically trained people who disagreed with the popular narrative i think that study was actually purged from our memories off of facebook oh probably so like we're not allowed to know about ivermectin which could help us we're not allowed to know that, you know, possibly this vaccine might not be a great thing. Um, it, it's it's interesting. And I think I've talked what I think the vaccine is about, you know, like I, I think and I and I and I still haven't really kind of deviated from that formula, which I think the vaccine and COVID itself were designed together. I think that they're there to wipe out the people that they want to wipe out in our society, which are the people that they would consider the drains, uh, people who, you know, have comorbidities, older people, things like that. Um, I think that they want a lower lifespan. Uh, again, one person, and I think it was Chris, Ma- Chris Matheson, he said it really succinctly, and it was a brilliant way to sum it up. He said, for years, Bill Gates has been going on and on about how we need to lower the population. And then lo and behold, he comes up with a vaccine to save all our lives. So why would you ever buy a vaccine from a person who's constantly talked about population reduction? And that kind of was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that that makes (laughs) sense. And then it kind of adds up with what we're seeing. So I don't know. Um, I, I think it's going to get worse. I think it's going to get worse this winter. And believe me, I hope I'm wrong. I hope people say, you know, you shouldn't make any more podcasts. You got that wrong. You were totally wrong. I really want to be wrong on this. I really would like the vaccine to help people. Um, but I'm not seeing that. And, and I'm so not seeing it that I won't take it. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I've probably had more vaccines than the average person because of my military service. So, you know, it's, I'm not someone who I just looked at the things that were going on. I look at the normal development time of a vaccine and I see where this came out of. I see the amount of times that the system and the establishment wanted to shout down any discussion of anything that was critical or anything that was other. And that gave me pause for concern. So let's just talk about the government a little bit and why we should begin why we should be okay with our mistrust of them now. And I, and again, I have never been that person, but now we're going to get into this because the podcast isn't totally about, you know, talking about the vaccine all the time. It's just about single white Medusa and I talking about the things that we're interested in at that moment. And I think the world has been interested in these things. And I think right now, 
we're in this sort of carnival where we're being bait and switched about things. We're being sold like, hey, it's summer and you're kind of free. Don't get used to it. You know, we're in charge now. We can. I remember Biden talking about like, you know, uh, throttling your freedoms and increasing them and throttling. Like, I cannot ever believe that someone in an American would ever talk like that. But I think it's kind of currently common and accepted right now because the mass majority of our people are so dumb and so stupid and so frightened and so anesthetized by by constant meaningless entertainment and pills and things like that. But I want to take you back to an example that we're going to talk about now about things that happen that should shake you and memories and and why you might want to mistrust the government a little bit more going forward. So why don't you kind of start us off a little bit? So how did we find out about this? Did I think someone that you're on Facebook with sent it to you back? Yeah, channel? we were talking about kind of the mistrust of the FBI and some of the shenanigans that are up. And obviously Comey was a shady character. And then people started talking about the McMartin case and then... Uh, Brian Niemeyer, who is a friend of mine on Twitter, he he said my friend made this video, um, and it's it's about it's about um, the finders, and you might want to watch it, you know, like and I think he listens to the podcast too, so like a lot of people like tune turn like send me cool videos to watch, and then Single White Medusa and I kind of watch them and digest them and research them a little bit, and and so. The Finders was a really big story in 87. And what happened is these cops got an incident report and rolled up on two men, well-dressed, and six kids in a park at about midnight. And the kids didn't look in great shape. The kids looked uh, bitten. Uh, they looked uh, disheveled. They, lo- they smelled. They were dirty. And the guys were well-dressed. And so... The cops got in their business, which was local police, is Tallahassee, and they got in their business, and um, and and lo and behold, for about two weeks in 1987, it was revealed that these kids and these two men were in a cult. The men laid a story on the cops that they were taking these kids to Mexico by way of Tallahassee, Florida, from Washington, D.C., which if you can just, you know, if you don't have to be Pythagoras for this one or Pythagoras, but that's not a straight line. So that kind of clued him in that it was kind of bullshitty. And then one, they well, both they, they both tried to faint at that point. Well, they said they were taking them there for a school for gifted children. Gifted children. <laughs> you know, the, you know that one in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, the school for gifted children in Mexico. So the cops, you know, being cops, you know, have a big bullshit detector and and. They kind of realized something was right. They got into it, and it made the newspapers. It was a really big thing. There was this cult in Washington, D.C. They called themselves the Finders. They advanced themselves as sort of this alternative lifestyle group. Uh, they, you know, just all kinds of just... One report described them as over-educated people with nothing to do who had fallen under the sway of a cult leader. The problem was children were involved, and they did seem to be molested. Uh, they couldn't get enough of a, a sort of medical report going, but the the local cops really got into it. And then at the same time, like I think a few weeks later, they raided these properties that these people had in Washington, D.C. 
and uh, they found kids in cages and stuff like that. Neighbors had reported hundreds, if not thousands, of kids coming through there, and all of these kinds of things. So, um, no one remembers the finders, but apparently in 1987, and I was graduating from high school, so I was all full of myself. I don't remember it, but it was big enough that it made several major news networks and everything like that. It was a big story, and then it went away. You know, we weren't to the four-day news cycle, the the, the 24-hour news cycle in '87, and we weren't toward to the four-day everything gets memory hold. But it was interesting how much it fell off the radar. So the kids were in a bad state, clearly. The police wanted to investigate, got into it. Suddenly the feds appear out of nowhere. And they start, the CIA shows up and says, hey, don't investigate this any further. You're kind of getting into our business. And just like that, the FBI shuts down the investigation and... If you can believe this, they give the kids back to the parents who are just seem like total lunatics who are in this cult, who obviously don't care for these children. And everybody disappears. Now, how all this came out uh, is in uh, uh, October of 2019, the FBI did a document dump. Mm -hmm. And these pages came out. And this was right around when Epstein accidentally fell off his bed backwards with a noose around his neck and broke his neck if you believe that story <laughs> some people think that this was sort of like the 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 document dump was a little interagency warfare or something was going on but long story short um everybody's convinced that this is some sort of kid trafficking ring um pedophile sex ring all these kinds of things satanism is heavily involved and um, the FBI comes in and magically makes it disappear, just goes away. And, 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 and people begin to put two and two together. Um, this is probably kind of what Epstein was most likely up to, which was most likely working for the CIA and Mossad and basically, you know, running what's called a brownstone or a sex trap op- operation where um, powerful and successful people uh, are allowed to engage in their dark fantasies uh, that are absolutely jacked up and those fantasies are recorded and then the people come out and say, hey, you're ours now, we've got you, your collateral, do what we say. You know, or intelligence gained or something like that. Exactly. Um, let's see what else. This was like a, this was a lot of documents too. It was 324 pages or something right around that. Um, yeah, and it so comes like, right out of the FBI vault. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So I... Yeah, the guy said where you could find it. I mean, he said through Twitter or whatever. I just actually looked it up on the internet when he was talking about it. You can just go like, yeah, FBI Vault, and it's like a FBI's um, yeah, it's search right, engine. Yeah, it's right out of their search and then engine. You just search. Yeah, you search for finders. Yeah. And um, it was right there. I pulled it up um, because, and it was the right number of pages, so I knew that was what he was looking at. And literally, like, I was following along with them. Like, yeah. I know at least this is an actual real document dump, and like it's real documents and, and um, it's pretty crazy. How about what was like interspersed in the middle of it? Randomly? Well, yeah, I'll get to that to, okay. to check people's memories. But the main thing is, well, you'd have to be an idiot or disingenuous not to come to the conclusion that our government, uh, basically the surmise of the people who were doing the podcast 
was that the FBI was basically running the same thing as FBI or, or the CIA was basically doing the same thing Epstein was doing back in 1987 and their little operation got out of hand just kind of probably like how it got ahead got out of hand I mean I think it's giving a lot of the benefit of the doubt there there definitely are some jacked up things that the government is doing and I would stop right here and say if we need to do those things to survive then we're the bad guys and we're supposed to be America and we're supposed to be better than everybody else and so if you're better than everybody else that means you got to take the high road find another way to get intelligence do it another way but I don't think that I, I don't think it's the easy answer of oh we were trying to fight the commies or with with Epstein oh we were trying to fight the war on terror and we kind of lost our way a little bit no I actually think this is evidence of the deep state. I think it's the deep state trying to stay in control of the reins of government, and they're the ones actually doing this. But having said that, it turns out that the finders weren't a recent cult, and I don't think they've actually gone away since that notoriety in 87. Um, they seem to have been involved in the CIA a lot, trafficking child children into China, North Korea, and uh, North Vietnam, like they had passports from the CIA. That was when the CIA stepped in and said, hey, you're kind of getting in our business here. I mean, it was absolutely a, a really stunning um, uh, read through of, of, of the documents that come straight from the FBI. Now, here's the part that kind of blows your mind. And here's 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 the weird thing that happens. So you go through the document dump and you come to about the midway section and randomly inserted into that is an archaeological diagram and an and a description of the diagram so i'll stop right there and say to you take yourself back i think it was 1980 and it kind of ran through the 90s and into the 2000s but the mcmartin elementary school molestation case or preschool preschool which is where um the kids the modern and I and I, I went and checked my memory on this and then I checked some other people's memories and I said what do you remember about this and they said oh well the psychologist convinced the kids that they had been molested by Satan worshipers and that there were dungeons down beneath beneath the school and and they killed dogs and they worship Satan and it was all the psychologists the psychologist did it all and it all turned out to be a really big hoax and these people, these poor people's lives were ruined by a runaway government out of control and all these kinds of things. And I had never heard of it. And so Nick, is the, he had told me about this a few years back. And that's that's how you explained it to me. Yeah. Sure. And that was how I remembered it and everything like that. Well, lo and behold, in this document dump from October 2019, randomly inserted into a whole other case about the finders that in Tallahassee, McMartin was over in um, Manhattan Beach, California is an ex an archaeological excavation of the secret rooms beneath the McMartin preschool that everybody was told never existed they were actually surveyed by an archaeologist they found hundreds of bones of small animals they found pentagrams they found it exactly entrances and exits as the children had described that was all covered up and here it is stuck inside an actual federal government file indicating what indicating it was true yeah and if you're if you want to look up those documents i think those two 
McMartin's, is it McMartin? Pages were like page 47, 48. If I'm wrong, it's like right around there. Just yeah. in case if you want to like check it out yourself. And yeah, they're right there in the middle. You can see it right there. It's crazy. But I would think if you go back, if you don't know the story about the Finders, which is this cult that's still in existence today and has links with the CIA and is some sort of pedophile child operation. And this kind of this dive led to a few other crazier things that maybe we'll address and talk about as we go on. But today we'll just concentrate on what we were talking about, ivermectin. And we're talking about how the government gets to decide everything. And the danger of that is that they ultimately can play with the truth. Just like my friend, the computer data scientist, said, you know, the problem with the Internet and the problem with the control of data is it's the ability to control history. Well, I had I knew that and I understood what he said. But I would say last night and this morning as I finished this deep dive, I realized how right he was about the McMartin thing, because when I flipped over into my brain, I believed the story that the psychologists had convinced the children they were molested and those people were inter- uh, those people were oppressed by the government but then you go here and you see clearly that the ex- this this is an actual file done by an archaeological excavator who found all of these things with a team as described this was admitted like then we went on and listened to another guy who's really re- researched this for 3 years very conscientious researcher. He's got a book coming out about it. He interviewed the guy who actually did the excavation. It is, as it was said, the McMartin Elementary School has since been demolished, um, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why why this, this whole thing is tricky about everything that we're going through is they are playing with our memories. They have realized that they can put broad headline stories out for most of the American public and they simply take that at face value. But here is the, and, and then this guy went through and he said, if you look at the, the, um, the medical reports from McMartin, a large amount of the children had been sexually molested yet. People will still tell you today it was a hoax. Yeah. Were they all molested by their children or relatives? I don't think that's actually probably statistically likely. But when you hear the stories about Ray Bucky reading Playboy magazine while he had kids sitting on his lap, his mom literally in court saying, I had to check him to see if he had a boner. Sorry, mom, I know you're listening. Um, What is it more likely to believe? Yeah. Oh, I think like we, I think we've felt a little heavy today (laughs) after all this. Um, But I mean, if it's going on, I think we all want to know about it because we want to know the truth because the more of us that know the truth, maybe something can be done to stop it at some point if enough people know about it. But not to say that you don't feel a little (laughs) heavy when you hear this kind of stuff. It's pretty bad. And to think that our government could be doing this kind of thing, even as you said, you know, supposedly for the greater good. No, no, that's never, that is never okay. No, it's, we should not be that kind of country. But here we are, and it's. I studied three cases last night where the FBI shut down all three cases. And it's interesting, too, in all three cases, the FBI had the same medical examiner mm-hmm. who came in and shut all those three down. But in the three quotations that the, the FBI used to shut down the three investigations, 
They didn't even have the intelligence to change up the phrasing. And time and time again, they said, this is all a carefully crafted hoax. What do we hear on the internet? What do we hear with Facebook and our little extremist warning that we all got like a blitzkrieg last Friday and then it disappeared? That, that you're spending too much time on the internet. There's too many hoaxes. You're angry and all these things. And what you really need to do is let go, stop finding alternative sources of information and just believe what we tell you. When people make these videos about these things, when people talk about the conversations we're talking about, it gets a little weird how their careers get ended pretty quickly and they disappear from the internet. And if you go kind of farther into this whole where where the uh, the finders investigation led, which we'll talk about later, uh, the Franklin, what is it called? The Franklin conspiracy, the Franklin something, I, yeah, I haven't learned something that like that. that yet, but so I mean, sure. you're getting into Clinton levels of murder to cover up a scandal that involves children and powerful rich people so what were we told during the whole you know election with hillary and donald trump about pizzagate we were told pizzagate's a conspiracy oh my gosh you republicans are so stupid you believe in pizzagate i didn't even believe in pizzagate but then here's the weird part tunnels beneath the city of washington dc keeps reoccurring in these known pedophile rings in the finders they were looking the the children had talked about tunnels beneath the city of dc the finders operated out of washington dc they would go places with 10 children and show up with six children yeah yeah like there were reports where a lady saw very specifically said and there were like 10 children that they brought, you know, from a van inside their house or whatever. And then uh, shortly after, it was only the six that the guy was caught with. And, and it was sort of like, what happened to the other four? Because even, even when they got returned to their family, like, there were still just the six. It's not like the other four were just at the compound, apparently. So yeah. There's a lot of inaccuracies, but there's also a lot of people saying the same thing over the course of 40 years. And that's something I think we need to be concerned about. And when they tell us we can't talk about those things, when they shut down those videos, when those videos have to be found on alternative sites or BitChute, or when those the people who made those videos disappear from the internet and are forced off, it is constantly this thing of shoot the messenger because you can't deal with the message because the message gets overcome by something like the McMartin tragedy where it's like, Oh, no, that was all a hoax. It was all a carefully constructed hoax by those psychologists. And don't we all hate psychologists? <laughs> we all hate psychologists, kids. You know, but it, it's amazing the amount of times that the FBI has to tell us something is a hoax. Yeah, exactly. And then there you go, and you see the proof right there. Like, that is actual proof that something went on there. And that's like, all right, so if you're lying about this... What, what else are you, are you lying, lying about? Because I'm being told the, the election is a hoax. Oh, man. There's so there's so much proof for that one. It's not even funny. But it's a hoax. It's a carefully constructed hoax. And that's the podcast. <laughs>